Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening to you. This is Pastor Dan and God Talk again. Thank you for joining us. And uh, we're working through a message called Hit Him, Hit Him, which is the so what of the resurrection. Of the three famous models of uh, how Jesus died and why Jesus died to save us from sin. One is was to satisfy God. The other one is to win us back to the love of God. The third is this victory model, is that Satan has sort of won our world over to himself, kidnapped us all, and Jesus had to come back behind enemy lines and fight a one-on-one battle and win the victory. So this is similar to Aslan in Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe and uh, some of the other battle, Matrix and Neo and so on. If you watch any of these kinds of movies, there's usually a hero of some kind and Christ is our hero, the David against Goliath, uh, so on. So now we're looking at the, the so what? So we're talking about what the power of God that is within you and can be completely victorious over Satan and sin. When Moses came down from the mountain and the glow, people had to step back. It was so much glow, just filled with God, glory and divinity inside of him. And that's what can happen to the demons when we are filled with the presence of Christ. They hate Christ and it feels like torture to them to be in the presence of Christ. You can read about it in the Bible. So if we fill up with Christ, James 4, 7, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And that's why E.B. Hill said at the, the promise keepers, he said, just you don't have to take Satan's mess. You don't have to take his stuff. Just hit him, hit him, hit him, he said, with the word of God, with scripture. Now let's go down to the end of the world. We talk about uh, Armageddon, preached about this many times. It says in Revelation 16, they gathered all the rulers and their armies to a place called Armageddon. People think this is a battle between east and west. Every time there was a war, people, okay, this is it. No, no, no. Verse 14, these demons caused all the rulers of the world to gather for battle against the Lord. This is not east against west, uh, fighting over oil or something. These are the kings from the east is Christ and his army. Together they will wage war against the Lamb, but the Lamb will defeat them because he is King of kings and Lord of lords. And this is all, so this is the victory at the end of the world, all based upon the oath of the victory back at the uh, cross and the resurrection. That one links now to this one. It's all part of the ultimate Armageddon and the victorious Christ in the in the great controversy. So you think about the background of this is in Jehoshaphat's battle in Second Chronicles 20, where they were surrounded and Jehoshaphat goes to the temple and said, we're surrounded, but our eyes are on you, God. What are you going to do? And he said, don't fight. The battle is the Lord's. And they put the choir out in front and they came out and all the enemy had killed each other. So there's three kinds of battles in the Old Testament. Uh, John Dibdahl has cataloged this. There were battles when Israel really didn't do any fighting. God did it all, and, and Israel lost nobody, Jericho and now Jehoshaphat. There were other battles, like Ai, where they did the fighting, but without God. They just thought, we can do this. This is a tiny little town. And they lose, and they have thousands of, of um, casualties. There's a third kind of battle where they do go with God, and they do trust God, but they don't trust God completely, and they fight with God, and they win, but there's lots of casualties on both sides. Which way are you going to fight? So here at the end of the world, let God fight. The battle is the Lord's. You know, He will fight for you. He did it before. He can do it again. Revelation 19, verses 11 to 13. I saw heaven open and a white horse was standing there. And the one sitting on the horse was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. And his, 
title was the word of God. And the armies of heaven, dressed in pure white linen, followed him on white horses. So this is not east against west. This is Christ and his army against the armies of the world and Satan and the demons coming on the clouds from the east. But who was in this army? It's not angels. Who was it? It's us. It's us. It's the Christians who are followers of Jesus who have locked in and said, We're not, nothing can take us away from him. We are sealed and settled to Jesus. And it says, they will make war against the Lamb and the chosen and faithful ones. That's us, the remnant who are fully devoted followers of Jesus. We're in his army. Is this after we go to heaven and come back down? No. This is the final battle. We're still here. But we're already so sealed to Jesus that we're in the army coming down out of heaven. So before we go to heaven, we are so already in heaven, we're coming down out of heaven. Like the kid's song, I'm too young to march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. But I'm in the Lord's army. So the first half of Revelation 19 is a wedding. Why are we talking about battles in this section about a wedding? Because to be in the army, you have to be wearing white. Where do you get married in white? Where do you get the white clothes? The Bible says it's a gift from Jesus. Revelation 19.8, white fine linen represents the good deeds done by the people of God. So this is not a battle of guns and tanks and bazookas. This is a battle of, of righteousness, a battle of good acts. And we're a part of that. Our white robes show that we have been victorious in Christ. God has given us the victory in Christ. We have victory over the beast. And we are part of this war because we stand for God and righteousness and goodness. So God is trying to get an army together in this final battle of people who are dressed in white, riding on white horses, doing acts of goodness and righteousness. We're part of this war. Jesus won the ultimate battle but we're part of the war now here at the end of the world and if we let god fight we never have to lose he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world so just to uh, wrap this up maybe you've heard the story about the man in uh, siberia who ended up in a terrible prison because he wouldn't uh, give up the names of his church members it's a pastor so they stuck him in a little metal box out there 10 days little water no food when they let him out he couldn't walk the next sabbath he wouldn't uh, work on the Sabbath, they put him back in the box. For two years, he was in the box most of the time. Someone heard about it, and a general finally let him out and said, uh, let him go get the water. And if he can get all the water done by Friday, then he can have the Sabbath off. Five days, <laughs> he wouldn't do anything. Those crazy cows, he would whip the cows and yell at them and scream, but they couldn't get the cows to go. But on Friday, the cows ran, and he always got enough water that he could have the Sabbath off. Craziness. In the middle of Russia, in the middle of Siberia, God can still win the battle. I don't know what you're fighting today, whatever battles you're going through. Satan and the demons are everywhere. All I can say to you is Jesus won the battle. They are, he is a, a defeated foe, and you don't have to lose. The Bible says we can have the shield of faith, and that can protect us from every fiery dart of the evil one. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world, and we can win every single time, and God can give us power to act righteousness and we can be part of this huge army making a difference in the world and go make a difference for god today and if satan tries to give you his mess again as eb hill said hit him hit hit him with the word of god and he is over christ has triumphed over all the powers of this world god bless you all this is god talking